another episode of the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Stuart Butler, and today I'm joined with Misha. Hey, hey, glad to be here. And Phil. Hey, everybody. And Pete. Good day, everybody. I feel like I didn't need to give last names because we're getting to know each other a little bit. We're you know, a family. The yeah. audience knows us on first name terms now. Does that work? But it's uh, Bukikio and Fariska and DeMeo. if you're interested. In no particular order. Figure it out yourself. There you go. <laughs> Maybe at the end we'll... If you stay on till the end of the episode, I'll tell you the actual, how the last names match with the first names. I don't know. But today, we are going to be talking about TripAdvisor. It is a website on the interwebs that many people use as consumers and like and read reviews, but many hotels do not like for various reasons that we will get into. But before we get going on that, I just want to give you a few little data points. So we did a study that we've talked about a lot on this podcast uh, to about 2,900 leisure travelers. And one of the questions we asked them was, um, will you read a review before booking your next vacation? 83% of people said they will not book unless they read a review. So that tells me that reviews are fairly important during the booking process. Uh, we also asked them about uh, the likelihood of leaving a review depending on the scenarios and what we found out was that folks are four times more likely to leave a review if they had a negative experience versus a positive experience, which is no shock there, but it just goes to show you what we're kind of dealing with there, right? So let's talk about TripAdvisor. Let's talk about how big and important it is and uh, why everyone should use it. So I think, you know, I work in SEO, as Phil does, and we've noticed that from a search engine perspective, it is massively important to at least be present in that space because one they are getting a lot of traffic for the non-brand terms so people that are really high up in the research process searching for um, you know Austin hotels for example or whatever your destination is hotels resorts TripAdvisor is such a big site and they have so much content on that so they're gonna be ranking number one number two number three for those really broad terms that are funneling people to those individual properties so that's, I mean, it's huge. That's how people are getting there and that's how they're getting to your site. So you need to be there, whether you're paying or not for whatever services, you need to be there. Yeah, and there was a, a study recently done by L2 and they um, looked at a bunch of different keywords, brand and non-brand, and they determined that in 99% of non-brand hotel-related keyword searches, so like Austin Hotels, for example, 99% of the time TripAdvisor was showing up. You know, and, and the other things that are showing up there are OTAs, you know, and people hate TripAdvisor for sure in the hotel industry, but they hate OTAs more in a lot of cases, right? So it's kind of, you've got to pick the lesser two evils there. You know, do you do you back the TripAdvisor ship or do you keep dumping inventory on the OTAs? I mean, realistically, it's not like they shouldn't be there. I mean, they're a household name. Everybody uses them for reviews. Everybody uses them in the beginning of their research process. They, they do belong there as a, you know, exploratory tool. Exactly, yeah. And we, we talked a little bit last week about SEO and, and how it's hard for individual properties to show up on search for that reason. You know, marrying the intent of a searcher. I'm looking for Austin hotels, like Misha said. I don't want an individual hotel. I want to narrow down my selection. Reviews is a great way to narrow down my selection. Right. And we've noticed with the searcher behavior has changed throughout several years to 
where they have branded themselves so well and they're such a household name that people are not only searching for the name of an individual property, but they're tagging on TripAdvisor to the end of that. So, you know, Marriott, New York, TripAdvisor. They're searching specifically for... Yeah, TripAdvisor means reviews to a lot of people now. It's just like... um, Kleenex means tissues. You know, it's become synonymous with the brand and the and, and with their TV ads, they prompt you to do that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're saying you know, don't search New York hotels, search TripAdvisor New York, you know, and get a better place. That's that's essentially what their their whole game plan was. They want you to put search. They want you to put TripAdvisor in the search bar. And one one thing that's really interesting, and I'd, I'd, I'd heard some of this before, but it, I thought the data was interesting. So if you look at TripAdvisor's history. They've actually been around a lot longer than people realize. You know, they were around in the early 2000s, and they were chugging along there for about 10 years, and they only got about 20 million total reviews. And then they, in 2010, added Facebook Connect, and they integrated with Facebook, started really leveraging the relationship side of who you know and what where people stay. And within the next 12 months after integrating with Facebook, you saw that their users and number of reviews doubled in 12 months. So it took them 10 years to get that point, but then in one more year, they doubled. And then if you look at the following year, they doubled again. So they went from 20 million to 40 to 80 within two years, and it took them 10 years to get to that point. So that Facebook integration is really what put them on the map, really got people using it, made them a household name. Well, I mean, think about it. TripAdvisor really is a form of a social network. If people aren't communicating, leaving reviews, if your hotel responding to the reviews... If, if you're not doing that, you're not going to find your customers. So by TripAdvisor connecting with Facebook made all the sense in the world. Yeah, and it's gotten to the point now where people, uh, they trust reviews left by complete strangers as much as they'll trust word of mouth from an actual person they know, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing I'd say about TripAdvisor, we've seen a, a little bit of an evolution in the last, I'd say, four to five years, whereas it used to be TripAdvisor was an end-of-funnel tool so consumer the consumer would do their research TripAdvisor wasn't dominating search at that time it was OTAs or portal sites or even individual sites so people would make their decision they narrow down their selection then just to make sure they didn't get in trouble with the, the husband or wife they'd already they wanted to book but they had to go to TripAdvisor just to make sure they weren't making a bad decision so the correlation wasn't necessarily there with TripAdvisor ranking in, in revenue or traffic from TripAdvisor but we've seen that switch. You know, we definitely now are seeing a correlation between where you rank on TripAdvisor, how high you can push your ADR, and how much revenue you're going to get and how much occupancy you're going to get. So that, yeah. that, that ranking is way more important today than it was three or four years ago. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get into you know, how you can advertise on TripAdvisor. But you can see sort of what you just talked about where it used to be a complete end-of-funnel process to now it's become part of the process, start of the process in some cases, because we used to run ads on TripAdvisor and you'd always get a 10, 12 to 1 ROI. It was an end of the process. People would go there, check the hotel, go and book. And what you see now is that's really decreased significantly because it's not just a softball for TripAdvisor anymore. They're having to work to get that person through that conversion funnel mm-hmm. before it was it was at the end of the commercial. Well, you'd already booked, they're, they're competing against OTAs as well who have reviews on their site. They're competing against individual properties who have reviews on their site. So you know, that they're not just the sole place for that anymore either. Right. Yeah, it's a place to go check reviews. It's also a price comparison place. I mean, that's the first place I start when I go to a new city. I start mm-hmm. there. 
just kind of curious, find a place out of all of us, would anybody in this room book a hotel without looking at reviews? No, no, no. Yeah. Definitely yeah. looking yeah. at reviews. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and 83% of the people we've studied said the same thing. Yeah. You know, if you want to see that study, it's on our site, fueltravel.com slash study. But just assume that everyone that's going to book your room is yeah. probably going to look at a review of some kind. Yeah, I mean, you know, to your initial question is, is why do hotels care about TripAdvisor? There was a bank robber named Willie Sutton, and people asked him, why do you rob banks? And his answer was, well, that's where the money is. And with TripAdvisor, <laughs> why do you go to TripAdvisor? Because that's where your hotel guests are at. you yeah. got to be there. Billy was a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so why, why do you think, guys, that hotels are so resistant? I mean, I feel like they've gotten better, but for a long time... Hotels just don't like reviews. Why is that? I feel like they fought it, and then it goes back to your original point was saying, you know, four times more likely to leave a negative review. Um, What they were seeing for the most part was people who were angry at one thing or another during their stay and needed an outlet to bash. And that's the that was the ticket. That was the one. They'd go there and they would bash a hotel on TripAdvisor. The hotel would get upset because that's just you know a one-off, one person's bad experience. But realistically, that's that can lead to a lot less bookings because how many people are going to see that person's bad experience and not want to stay there because of that? Now, I think that was initially, at least in my opinion, that was initially why hotels were avoiding it. Well, yeah, I mean, we, you figure that hotels were used to completely owning that cycle. They own their website, they own that customer, and then all of a sudden, the customer's off getting their own information. It's outside of the, you know, the filter that hotel tries to create. I mean, to the point of having, you know, four times more likely to write a negative review, that means a hotel has to become work four times harder to create a positive experience. And, I mean, it's a, it's a battle, but it's, it's what the hotels need to do moving forward. Yeah, and then one of the other criticisms I hear a lot, you know, especially in the condominiumized side of things where you've got individual homeowners or off-site rent, rental management companies, you know, in a true hotel situation, Someone that just owns one unit or rents one unit in the property, uh, the average consumer might not be aware of that. So if I, I rent that one unit and have a bad experience because that off-site rental company were the company that rented it to me and they just their, their customer service sucked or I didn't get to use all the amenities or something frustrated me, I write a review about that property, not that company I rented from, and that's going to adversely affect all the units. What else? Have you guys heard any other criticisms? Yeah, so we've heard, um, you know, hotels express that they don't feel like they have total control over their brand perception. And this isn't exclusive to TripAdvisor. I mean, this really extends, you know, anywhere on the web, but particular to TripAdvisor, which has a majority of the traffic, they feel like they just don't have control of their brand perception or their brand messaging. And to be fair, they kind of don't. I mean, there's nothing that you can really do about it because that's what the platform is for, to give a you know, a, a realistic view of the property, but that is scary to think that other people are saying things out there about you that you have zero control over. Yeah, in the reality is they do have control, but I think in the past, and this has mostly changed at this point, you've had, and we've talked about this in several podcasts, you've had operations and marketing in two separate silos. That's combined. You know, marketing saw the value of TripAdvisor. Operations hated TripAdvisor because all it did was give them headaches because they didn't give good customer satisfaction. Now that the operations and marketing is all together, marketing can help operations. Operations can help feed the marketing with that high review on TripAdvisor. Yeah, and we're seeing that. Like different folks approach TripAdvisor differently in terms of how they respond to reviews. Some folks let the marketing team handle it. Some let the operational 
mm-hmm. team handle it, like GM. But but some are working in collaboration. I feel like that's the sweet spot. You know, you want you want someone that understands public relations and understands communication. You don't want necessarily someone that's just in the trenches cleaning the rooms or, or making sure that the maintenance is taken care of because they're not always the the best at telling the guest what they want to hear, right? So I think it really is an opportunity to work together collaboratively with marketing operations, understand it's one and the same, and, and use the combined knowledge to respond. Yeah, and it, it is natural from a, for a hotel to see a negative review and say, okay, we need to be off of that mm-hmm. because that that's my problem. In actuality, a negative review on TripAdvisor is not good, but it does give you an opportunity to show every single person who's thinking about your hotel how you handle a guest who's not 100% satisfied. So if the hotels take that and say, okay, I'm going to make this a good opportunity, and I'm going to make that person who had a bad experience feel like a million bucks, you're helping that person. You're also helping every single other person who's reading that response to your TripAdvisor review. Yeah, I mean, one of the other criticisms I hear, though, on the flip side of that is is consumers have become savvy to how important it is and how, how important the reputation is. So they've started uh, leveraging that and saying to hotels, well, unless you do X, Y, Z, I'm going to leave a, a negative review, right? So it's almost blackmail. Hmm. And I've heard that that's kind of, and social media in general has created that environment. But it is the minor, minority of consumers, but it is a legitimate concern for some hotels. Yeah, and... You're going to have those customers. Mm-hmm. You're going to, I mean, 20 years ago, you had that same customer who, you know, would threaten you with, you know, a better business bureau, mm-hmm. you know, complaint. And that's just going to happen. You have to deal with that. Yeah. And I think what you, you end up seeing is those customers, if, if you don't engage them, you don't give in to them, then they, the other customers are going to see through the, the over-exaggerated reviews, the people that all they do is go review negatively on different stuff, right? So... I, our advice to clients is always don't don't engage in those people. If people are going to threaten to blackmail you, let them do it. You know, as long as overall your your reviews are positive, and we'll talk about how you can influence that. As long as overall they're positive, consumers are going to look at those. And there's a lot of studies on reviews in general that suggest that people really are looking at reviews to reinforce their preconception. So they're going to agree more with the ones that agree with them. They're going to disagree with the ones that disagree with them. So they kind of ignore the, the negative if they've already got a positive connotation for your property mm-hmm. anyway. So as long as the majority is positive, that one crazy person doesn't really have an adverse effect. Yeah, and, and look at it from the perspective of Amazon. Everyone who buys anything on Amazon sees the Amazon reviews, and there's always one or two reviews that are one star. And if you read the one star customers are smart enough to realize that either a the customer was completely unrealistic the customer thought they were buying something that they actually were not or the customer is just a jerk you know, so you know they can determine one of those things you're looking at the aggregate if you have 500 reviews or 5,000 reviews on TripAdvisor they're pretty much all you know four dots you know that's what you are don't don't worry so much about that one dot just make sure that you respond to it for sure so what, what are some things what's some advice we can give folks when it comes to reviews. Obviously, we're proponents of responding to reviews. Um, Pete, there was a recent uh, Cornell University study. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, there, there was, and it's actually a really, really interesting study. It was published in April, and if you look for it, it came out of the Cornell University School of Hotel Administration. Basically, what it did was it looked at how people interacted with reviews and what is that right matrix for responding to a review versus responding to everything. 
uh, you would think it would, you know, the, if you respond to one review and it was good, well, responding to all the reviews would be better. And it was interesting because the study said that's actually not the case. They said you want to respond to about 40% of the reviews and anything beyond that doesn't really impact your bottom line. Now, prior to that, if you respond to those reviews and you make the customers feel good, you actually see an increase in your revenue at the property because you are active on TripAdvisor. Uh, it was odd that the more you went beyond 40% really didn't impact anything. But what they basically said was at that point, you start looking very vanilla. You respond to everybody saying, you know, hey, thank you for your visit. Thank you for your visit. Glad you had a great time. Instead, pick out those ones, the people who did have a problem and solve their problems. So you're showing the other customers that you're a problem solver. The people who said they had a great time, that's great. That speaks for itself. You don't need to get involved. So Yeah, I, I think that it's a common sense approach when it comes to don't don't have a blanket formula way of replying. I think just look at it as does the actual review warrant a response? You know, obviously if it's negative and they're criticizing something on the property, you want to go through the, the, the common steps, right? So you want to first respond quickly. You want to second, uh, thank them for their review, show, show acknowledgement. Third, you want to say, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry that that happened and apologize to them. And then you want to reassure them that you've addressed the issue, like you've solved it so it doesn't happen anymore, or you're going to address it personally with them to make it up to them in some way. But then I think the most important part is the feedback within your property. So having a a debriefing internally if you see a pattern okay our rooms are often criticized for being dirty or our staff is often criticized in a lot of reviews for being unfriendly have an operational mechanism that can address that and train people and make sure that if you're seeing the same symptoms again and again that you as a hotel understand the root cause of that what is creating those symptoms and let's fix the problem because that that is the best marketing you can do like Pete was saying about operations and marketing being one and the same. That's what we're talking about. We're saying if your rooms are being told that they're dirty on TripAdvisor or your people are telling you that your rooms are dirty, sort that out. Make sure your rooms aren't dirty when guests get there and then you're not going to have that negative review and then your reputation is going to increase, your ADR can increase, your bookings are going to increase, right? So that's what we're talking about when we say operations and marketing are together. Yeah. I think uh, another one um, is, is kind of creating some repeat business as well. Uh, you guys are talking about responding to negatives, and everybody should definitely be responding to their negative reviews, but say someone came and stayed at your property for a wedding and brought you a lot of business, and they leave reviews, say, you know, such and such, we had a great time, thanks to the staff for taking care of us. That's a great time for the, the property to go back, and that's when you say, thank you for staying with us, we really had a great, you know, we enjoyed you having a property, things like that. And those those positive ones can can help bring people back as well. For sure, if if there's a way to develop that relationship sure. further, right, to foster a relationship, but don't just mail it in and have mm-hmm. a canned response. You can't just say thank you, you thank know? you, thank you yeah. to everybody who says something positive. Yeah, and don't don't pay a third party to respond to your reviews either. You know, do it yourself authentically. Just like if someone calls the calls the hotel and, and leaves a message, you're going to call them back if it wants it, right? So handle your own communication. Know the best practices how to engage people. Um, you hit on one thing, Stuart, at the very beginning of that, which was respond, but respond quickly. A lot of, TripAdvisor is the most popular review platform for travel. 
And if you don't respond quickly, that review gets pushed down. It's a lot like a Twitter feed where people aren't going to say it quite as much, but they're going to know that that low reviews are out there. If something comes in, you need to be on it. You need to be monitoring TripAdvisor. And when something does happen, you need to be jumping on it and fixing that problem. Yeah, and I agree that this type of reputation management is much more genuine and much more efficient when it's handled in-house on property. I mean, if you have you know a marketing agency that does all your marketing and you want them to handle it, it might be easier on the staff from an operation standpoint, but that person that's working from a third party is not going to know every detail of your property. They're not going to be able to address it you know, after the nine to five hours, perhaps. It's just not going to be as good of a service, and it's going to do a disservice to your hotel by leaning on other people to handle sometimes these sensitive topics or these topics that they're just not an expert on. Yeah, and there, there are a lot of hotels that say, we don't have time on my staff on train. But you know what? This is many hotels that are doing a really good job of mm-hmm. responding. You, know, and you need to make time for it. You just well, you, you have all the time in the world if you don't make time for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just you because yeah, you want to yeah. have people at the hotel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, make it important. Understand how important it is. You know, Cornell's study, which I recommend everyone read, shows you how it impacts your bottom line. If you respond to reviews, you make more money. That I mean, it's it's very plain and simple. So prioritize it, dedicate resources to it, make sure it's someone that, that is articulate, can spell, has good grammar, and has a grasp of customer service. Hopefully, all your people that are interacting with customers check all those check boxes, all you know, because yeah. if they don't, they probably shouldn't be in that position. Well, I mean, we let Pete in the room for the yeah. podcast, so we can't really talk. <laughs> yeah, you guys get, get better a lot. Especially sure. Pete. Yeah, well, we... We definitely wouldn't let Pete respond to reviews no, about never. this podcast, for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're beating you up today, Pete. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. All right, so let's talk about opportunities for hotels um, on TripAdvisor. So obviously, we know consumers are going there. We know that it, it's important. So how, and we talked about reviews and responding to that. So if your hotel hasn't already done it, you certainly need to log into the back end of TripAdvisor Claim your property. Claim your listing. This is really important because, especially we talked earlier about condominiumized hotels, like the ones that have individual units that can be rented out. You really want to have control of that because you might have a sneaky homeowner that could go claim your listing for you and take control Mm -hmm. of it, which is something we've seen in the past. So if you have not already, you definitely want to have that listing taken control of so that you have control of not only the reviews, but you can make sure that it's linking to your exact website, that your phone number is correct, that all of your information is correct. Yeah, that's the pro tip for this podcast is if you've ever had to try to reclaim a TripAdvisor listing after a homeowner claimed it first, you'll realize how big of a nightmare that can be. Pull five years worth of tax returns, you know, self-addressed letterhead envelopes. It's a nightmare. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Yeah, and that doesn't cost you money, right? To claim your actual business on TripAdvisor doesn't cost you a dime. So you don't have to pay for a business listing to be able to log into the back end, claim the listing, be able to respond to reviews, all that good stuff. And there's a lot of good data back there too. They have good... Um, analytics on who's leaving reviews and all that stuff. You, obviously, you want to respond to reviews, but there's some other insights you can get there. But if you want to take it to the next level, if you do want a link and contact information at the top of your profile, then TripAdvisor has what's called a business listing. And the pricing varies depending on the size of the property, the popularity of the property. So you, you literally have to claim your listing, log into the back end, and then they'll show you how much it's going to cost. And it varies from a couple of thousand dollars a month to 
or a year to tens, tens of thousands of dollars a year. Tripadvisor is smart in, in terms of how they price that. They do run special offers from time to time, so keep a, a, an eye on that um, on their website. They'll, they'll give you incentives when you log in sometimes if you haven't claimed it. But we feel like having a business listing, a paid business listing, is a good investment. Generally speaking, the return on investment tends to be good. Um, it gives up consumers an opportunity to click straight through to your property and book direct versus clicking on the Trip Connect or the Instant Book, which we'll talk about in a minute. But generally speaking, I think we, we recommend business listings where it makes sense. Yeah, at least at the very least, I would say business listing is. Yeah, that's where you get your address, to, your phone to, number, and everything else up there. To get that traffic right from TripAdvisor, it's it's essential to have that. Yeah. So next up, the the other two, and we'll kind of talk about these together. Uh, Trip Connect, which has been around for a while, and Instant Book. So Pete, tell us a little bit you know, about the difference between the two programs. All right, so first of all, you have Trip Connect. This is the program that you're probably used to seeing. This is what you see when you first go to a TripAdvisor resort profile page. The first thing you see is a little area that tells you to put in your search dates if you haven't already. As soon as you do that, it's going to show you rates for that hotel via several different means of booking it, via an OTA, the property, you name it, that all be within that so system. It's more like a kayak, like a meta search. It is. That's exactly what it is, is a meta search. And it makes it very easy for the consumer to then click, leave TripAdvisor, and open up a new window with whomever that OTA or the property is. That's really been the bread and butter of TripAdvisor's revenue for a very long time. And it used to be where you could click on uh, a property and, and search for rates and it would open 10 windows behind the current TripAdvisor oh, yeah. window. Oh my gosh. And you'd have a booking.com and Xperia and all of it's the actual property site. So TripAdvisor was double, triple, quadruple dipping there. They were charging a cost per click on every one of those that opened, which yeah. is a little disingenuous to the to the advertisers yeah. and didn't and yield a good re- return. Yeah. Oddly enough, a lot of the advertisers in hotels that we worked with would still see a good rate of return, but it was so early in the process Mm -hmm. that it made a lot of sense that people would eventually work with the hotels. But now what they're doing with the Trip Connect program is the hotel can bid. You see those bids side by side before ever leaving the site. You choose the one you want, and that's when TripAdvisor charges their cost per click fee for that program. And the return on those is pretty good. It's not as good as it used to be because of what we talked about earlier. It's not at the end of the funnel necessarily, but the return is still very good. No, it's, it's very good. And one advantage that we have as independent hoteliers is we have the ability to make sure we always have the best rate. And that's really, really important on TripAdvisor because you got to remember, they're seeing these rates side by side. So if they see that Expedia is $10 cheaper, no matter how great your property is, they're going to go to Expedia and book it. Yeah, and we, we do see that correlate directly with ROI. And, and, and consumers want to book direct generally, but not at the expense of their pocketbook. Yeah, they're not going to pay to book direct, that's for sure. Exactly. So you, this is one of the reasons why rate parity is so important. And, and to me, I kind of see this Trip Connect similar to I see um, brand bidding on AdWords because it's mm-hmm. a defensive move against the OTAs. Yeah, you really need to do it because for some customers, it is at the end of the funnel. And you don't want to lose a consumer then. Right. So you got the next step, which is after you have your Trip Connect, you have your instant booking or what some people call Book Direct. And that is a program that TripAdvisor actually makes the entire reservation direct with the property on your behalf. 
uh, it is important that they have a feed to your your rates. So that's you know technical side that we can get into probably in a future podcast. But the way that's set up is really just like an OTA. You can pay either twelve percent and show up in the instant book area up to twenty five percent of the time. No, or, minimum twenty five. Minimum of twenty five percent of the time. Or you can pay 15% of that booking and show up a minimum of 50% of the time. Right. And if you don't, if you're not there, it looks to me like Booking.com is the only one of the major OTAs that's playing in that space. Yes. Booking.com, there was a recent article, I want to say it was on Skift maybe, but um, they said that Booking.com is showing up over 50% of the time on instant booking, which is shocking to me that more hotels aren't jumping on that. We've been doing this, Phil, for some of our clients, and we've been testing the difference between the 12% and the 15% uh, commission rates. What what have we seen when we dealing with that? So actually, for the for the clients we've been running this for, 12 and 15% it has has you know really less to do on the percentage you're shown because we're still seeing a high 90s percentage, whether it be 96 to 98%, whether you're using the 12 or 15% commission. Yeah. So, I mean, they're still showing up a lot of the time. So it, it really kind of depends on, you know, the number of bookings that are coming through there. It, it is, is really going to determine whether you're bidding 12 or... Yeah, and yeah. step back and look at it from the OTA's perspective. If they're getting 15, 20-ish percent on a booking... Which Booking.com is less than that. Expedia right. tends to be that high. Booking.com is 10 to 15% in a lot of yeah. cases. And the other OTAs are basically locked out of that market because you can't pay... TripAdvisor, fifteen percent, and be only getting fifteen percent in OTA. Right, the, the math doesn't work for the OTAs. So I, I think personally that this instant book is a great move forward for the hotel industry. Uh, it's it's a big uh, kick in the face for the OTAs. Now some people kind of criticize this and say this is an OTA, right? Because they're now charging a percentage. I look at it as kind of in between because. Yes, the transaction's happening on TripAdvisor, but the whole time the messaging is book direct. You're booking with the property. And most important of all, the property gets the booking in their PMS. They get to own that customer. They get the email address. They get to respond directly, send their same pre-arrival email, their post-day surveys, all the stuff they would if they booked direct. So then they can remarket to them next year, get them to book direct direct instead of through TripAdvisor, and they don't have to pay that commission next time which is a challenge with the OTAs. TripAdvisor seems to have lost a lot of money making that move, though. Yeah, there was a, a big article about their the quarterly earnings, and, the, you know, I, I think it's a necessary move. And, and the CEO came out and, and even said that, you know, yes, we're down, and um, it's affecting, you know, our profitability now, but they understand that long-term, they're not viable unless they do that. And the reason that is is because the OTAs, doing the opposite to TripAdvisor, right? TripAdvisor has the reviews. Now they're getting into the rate and the booking game. Mm -hmm. The OTAs already own the booking space. They're getting into the review game, right? So now, if you fast forward a couple of years, if TripAdvisor doesn't own the booking, the OTAs have a huge advantage over TripAdvisor and they're going to overtake them eventually. So this is is a long-term strategy for TripAdvisor that makes a lot of sense. And investors might be frustrated at the lack of profitability now, but you know what? Two, three, four, five years down the line, they're going to be really glad that TripAdvisor's taken this direction. Is that your official stock recommendation? <laughs> that is. That's a, that's a buy, okay. for sure. <laughs> um, but, 
you know, I, I think it, this is scary. If I was if I was Expedia, I'd be really scared because does this mean that long term, Tripwire is going to force some of these OTAs out? And we're we're seeing in terms of volume, and Phil, you can talk to this in terms of volume being booked through Book Direct versus TripConnect. There's a lot of people using Book Direct. It's it's almost double. It's pretty close. We're seeing a ton of bookings come through the Instant Book. I feel people are just comfortable with it. And TripAdvisor's been testing out some different views of Instant Book as well, um, whether it be a, just a direct pop-up as soon as you hit the property page, or you know they also have a, a whole list below your Trip Connect your CPC listings, there's a whole list of instant book rooms available right there and right now. And that could just be a test, but that was pretty recent that we've seen that. Yeah, so, so let's de- describe that a little bit in, in, with more clarity. So if you look at the Trip Connect listings, you've got Expedia, you've got maybe the, the hotel, you've got Booking.com, whoever's in there. Now you're also seeing an ad on the Trip Connect side for instant book. Right. So when the consumer clicks on that, it's really sending them to Instant Book, not through TripConnect. So the, the hotel doesn't pay for that click on the TripConnect side. They're only paying again commission if there's a conversion. So TripAdvisor is really trying to incentivize people to use Instant Book because, again, they want to own that booking and that consumer. Otherwise, they're going to lose out to the OTAs in the long term. And they're also sending them directly to the end of the funnel, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you hit that instant book section, you hit the drop down there, and it shows you a list of rooms. It shows you pricing. It shows you room type. It shows you the room amenities. I mean, it, it is you are ready to go if you've already hit that section, whereas in the CPC, the TripConnect area up top, you're only seeing the lowest rate being sent to them, and then you have to click through and, and go find a room and all that. Yeah. With with the Instant Book, you're able to just select it right there, book it, done. It's yeah. a very powerful tool, and the good thing is, is the more the OTAs and TripAdvisor compete, the winner is going to be the independent hoteliers or any hotelier and the customer. So you know, if you're not on TripAdvisor, if you're not doing Instant Booking, if you're not doing Trip Connect, you have to start. You have to start now, because this is really when you're going to make your position. Yeah. The only time I would say that is not the case is if you're not relying on the OTAs. You know, it, that we've got a couple of clients that just don't publish at all the OTAs. Then you could argue, well, do you really need to be on those platforms because no one else is? You know, just buy your business listing. People will find you and move on. But well, here's the thing, though, is if TripAdvisor is starting to show up more and more early funnel, mm-hmm. does that change? No, no, because your, your property is still there. I think consumers, if they can still get your property and book, they're going to do it, right? It's just, do you want them to book with you or with someone else, i.e. Expedia? Not, not, I don't mean some other property. Mm-hmm. If they're going to pick you, they're going to pick you. So, so managing your reviews, having the business, business listing is important, but... And maybe instant book is, but it depends on whether you're threat. You want to pay that twelve percent commission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll see how the future of that plays out. I mean, yeah. I, I assume TripAdvisor will stay in top of mind with most people in the beginning of their search. You know, that would be for the foreseeable future. Right. For sure. Yeah, that, uh, booking so, through them is very convenient. So yeah, be on TripConnect, be on book uh, instant book, and bid twelve percent. I think is what we're saying, and buy your business listing. Um, and then TripAdvisor, if you're listening, send us all the commission checks for all the business we just generated for you. <laughs> um, all right, so we got a listener question. We did. We had a question from Twitter. 
from a gentleman named Milan S. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. His question was, how hard is it to hack TripAdvisor fake, with fake profiles and reviews? I can see this happening very often. And, and this kind of goes back to one, earlier when we were talking about hotels' concerns with TripAdvisor. Fraud is, is always top of mind when people, hoteliers talk about TripAdvisor. So what do we think? You know, do we think fraud and, and fake reviews is prevalent? I think it exists, but I think that TripAdvisor has implemented severity for it and have gotten a lot better at identifying it. And the punishments are so severe that it's not nearly as bad as it used to be. Yeah, your point of identification is, is, is huge for TripAdvisor. They do it algorithmically. They do it manually as well. Um, they'll flag anything that looks somewhat suspicious or as a personal attack um, just to weed out anything that is obvious fake or mm-hmm. uh, personal attacks. Yeah, be- because there is no purgatory in TripAdvisor. If you are caught faking reviews or manipulating that system... It's not like they give you a warning. You go to the bottom of the list. Mm. Yeah, they ding you, manually ding you, so that you drop down in the property index. And they'll even put that big red notice at the top saying that there's fraudulent activity on this property, which as a consumer, if you see that, you're like, well, this is a shady property. I'm certainly not staying here. Um, but that, that drop in in the index is more important and it can take a while to get that back. And it does actually happen. I will, the one of us who has accidentally dabbled with Black Hat TripAdvisor. Accidentally um, in quotes. Yeah, no, literally accidentally. So I had a friend who has a business, the fishing charter business, and just trying to be a good person, I set up their TripAdvisor page and, you know, claim the listing, whatever. And I was logged into my TripAdvisor account. Well, I ended up going on a fishing trip so thinking with my consumer hat on, I went and left a review for them, not putting two and two together, and I got an email from TripAdvisor a couple weeks later, like a very serious, mean, like, you're going to sit in timeout letter from TripAdvisor about, um, we noticed um, suspicious activity on one of your pages, like this violates our policy, your page has been flagged, your um, personal profile has been flagged. Um, the page itself has been reduced in the listings. I mean, it was like a scared email, like, and the page was actually brought down in the listings for that category. So, I mean, they this happens. Like, shame on you. Do you I still know. have that friend? Yes. You just killed that business. You realize that. <laughs> Thankfully, there were like three people in that category. Yeah. So it's like, oh. That list wasn't too long. Yeah. Yeah. One to the <laughs> yeah. Still the top three. Thankfully, it was a small market, but yeah, it's so. Lesson learned, and just so everybody knows, it, it does happen, and it can happen. Well, I think the point there is, too, is it only took one. Oh, yeah. You know, for a hotel that has thousands upon thousands, you know, one or two may slip in, but you have to be very careful because it's very hard to climb out of that hole once you get put in. Yeah. So, that, that, I mean, does fraud exist? Sure. But TripAdvisor does a really good job of trying to prevent it. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of folks that try to encourage people to leave reviews while they're on property, giving out tablets or something like that to leave a review. You will get caught. If TripAdvisor sees this reviews coming from the same IP address, you're going to get dinged. If you incentivize reviews and someone catches you, which inevitably they will, your competition is going to tattle on you if that's happening for sure. Don't say $20 gift card. And I think you had that I have, experience, I've right? seen that. Um, recently, I was in North Carolina. I won't specify hotel or place. But when I was checking out, I was handed a 
a business card essentially that said, leave us a review uh, on TripAdvisor and ha get a $20 gift certificate or gift card. And basically incentivizing a review to, to their property. And while I'm not gonna go tattle on them, uh, their competitor would. There's a couple hotels across the street and down the street right near them that I'm sure if they saw that, they would have no problem going to TripAdvisor and say that their competitor right down the road is doing that. Yeah, so I, I would advise you to read the FAQs on TripAdvisor. They're very clear about the, the fraud, you know, what they consider a violation. So definitely pay attention to that. You know, I have a theory about TripAdvisor and the direction they're going, which I think will, will help this situation. And, and I don't really have any evidence for this. It's just kind of I'm joining the dots. But I really feel like if you if you look at their FAQ page about um, about reviews, some, there's something on there about authenticated reviews. And the, they say on that FAQ page, the reason we don't verify reviews is because we don't book hotel rooms. We send bookings off to third-party sites. Now, that was obviously written before Instant Book became a thing, right? So theoretically now, if TripAdvisor's booking, and they're booking a lot of transactions through Instant Book, and more importantly, they now have access to entire guest history because they're looking at that for cancellations and things like that. TripAdvisor now, more than anyone else, has the ability to say, you know what, this person did actually stay at the property. We can match it to an actual reservation, um, and this person didn't. So I really believe that TripAdvisor is gonna, within the near future, roll out something that differentiates between verified reviews and unverified reviews and gives more credit and more weight to verified reviews. And we, all, we already know that their algorithm takes into account the reviewer. Like we know that it's not just the volume of reviews or the quality of the actual score of the reviews that dictates your ranking, it's also the quality of the reviewer. So surely that's gonna become a factor, verified versus unverified. So maybe I'm Nostradamus here and predicting the future, I don't know. But maybe I, you just gave him a really good idea. Yeah, maybe. And, and I'll take the role. I need to go patent that. You know, Shazamus actually already procrastinated this. <laughs> procrastinated. He procrastinated See? it. <laughs> Did it again. Out. Prognosticated Out. this. Prognosticated. Gotcha. Uh, oh, Pete, we love you. <laughs> uh, the comedy relief of this show. But uh, with that being said, where can they find you on the web, Misha? You can find me at Marketing Misha. That is at marketing M-E-I-S-H-A. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even get through it. They were making fun of me because I enunciate marketing. In she really says the T. Really marketing. Marketing. I don't know. Go stalk me online. M-E-I-S-H-A. You can find me. I'm pretty easy to marketing find. Marketing <laughs> uh, You can find me on Twitter at P Fariska. F-O-R-I-S-K-A. And Pete? I'm also at Twitter and at Pete. <laughs> Oh, sorry. You Misha, lost the ability to speak. I, I really did. Can you but spell your they, they, they can see what I write at P Dimeo, P D I M A I O. So go Hopefully. there and, and make fun of how he can't say certain words. And then you can buy me on the web at Stuart Butler, S T U A R T B U T L E R. And you can find us collectively at Fuel Travel and go to our website and download at Travel Study at fueltravel.com slash study. And you have been listening to the Fuel Hotel Marketing Podcast. Ta-ta!